Hello, and welcome to this week's sermon podcast from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Here we preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Whether you find the message to be uplifting or challenging, comforting or even unsettling, we hope it'll help you grow in faith and your relationship with God. Thank you for listening. To God be the glory. Good morning. The first reading is from Zephaniah chapter 3. Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout aloud, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. For the Lord will remove his hand of judgment and will disperse the armies of your enemy. And the Lord himself, the king of Israel, will live among you. At last your troubles will be over and you will never again fear disaster. On that day, the announcement to Jerusalem will be, cheer up Zion, don't be afraid, for the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. I will gather you who mourn for the appointed festivals and you will be disgraced no more. And I will deal severely with all who have oppressed you. I will save the weak and the helpless ones. I will bring together those who were chased away. I will give glory and fame to my former exiles, wherever they have been mocked and shamed. On that day, I will gather you together and bring you home again. I will give you a good name, a name of distinction among all the nations of the earth, as I restore your fortunes before their very eyes. I, the Lord, have spoken. Here ends the reading. The second reading is from Philippians chapter 4. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Here ends the reading. Our gospel comes from the third chapter of Luke. When the crowds came to John for baptism, he said, You brood of snakes, who warned you to flee the coming wrath? Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sin and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, we're safe, for we are descendants of Abraham. It means nothing, for I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down. And thrown into the fire. The crowds asked, what should we do? And John replied, if you have two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. Even corrupt tax collectors came to be baptized. They asked, teacher, what should we do? And he replied, collect no more taxes than the government requires. What should we do? Asked some soldiers. John replied, don't extort money or make false accusations. Be content with your pay. Everyone was, accepting the Messiah to come, was expecting the Messiah to come soon, and they were eager to know whether John might be that Messiah. 
John answered their questions by saying, I baptize you with water, but someone who is coming soon, who is greater than I am, so much greater, I'm not even worthy to be his slave, to untie the strap of his sandal. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He is ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winnowing fork, and he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into his barn, but burning the chaff with never-ending fire. John used many such warnings as he announced the good news to the people. You may be seated. You saw we lit the pink candle, right? Joy. What a perfect reading for joy, right? Perfect. Winnowing forks, axes, and fire. Hope everyone's feeling good. You're like, can't wait for this one. Um, No, uh... I really like this a bunch because I think I've been on like a series now every time I've got to preach. It's all about truth-telling, folks. It's all about honesty. I have a great fondness for John the Baptist, not, be, not only because I use him as an excuse to dress rather sloppy and not take care of my hair that well. My mom's like, cut it. And I'm like, well, John the Baptist wouldn't have done it. And she's like, well, you're not John the Baptist. And I go, well, we'll never know if I go and comb my hair, will we? Never know. Maybe I could be. I I can't grow a beard, so I'm out. But um, listen to this. I love it. He makes this appearance. Um, He he shows up on this river, and he has this great story that is so good that he's drawing an audience. I like him. He's kind of charismatic, right? He's dressed funny, and he's screaming at people and calling them snakes and vipers. Usually that doesn't get you a crowd, but I could be wrong. Um... They're coming down to the river, and I'll ask you guys, what are they coming down for? What for? Baptism. Let's not kid ourselves. There's a heck of a show going on down there, too. There's a wild man yelling at people. Cool. Let's go down and see what's happening. He's talking about winnowing forks. He's talking about axes, fire, repentance, turning around, changing, transformation, changing your ways, preparing for a new way. Things are getting heated. It just so happens he also looks really wild and you want to see it. So they come down to watch. Honestly, they want to come down and hear this guy out. John knows this too, though. He's drawing a crowd. He's been doing this for weeks. And he asks this fantastic question. What are you doing down here? Who told you to come down here? Quite a thing to say to your audience when you're trying to draw crowds. What are you doing here? Who told you to come down here? Repentance? You've heard my greatest hits, I'm sure. Fire! Winnowing forks! Repentance! Why do you want to come down here? What brings you to the river? And they don't say anything. It's kind of like when a pastor asks a question and everyone sits there and goes, are we supposed to say something? I have to go, no, really. Um, But if John does it, if he were to like pick one out, imagine he's been doing this. He's had to have asked people and there could have been responses. I'm imagining if you were to ask, what about my message intrigued you so much to leave the city and come down here to see a wild man near the river dunking people? What is it? And I imagine those people would be people like who come to church, right? Like, well, it's a prophet, right? I mean, he's probably got some good ideas. I'd like to hear it. You know, John, I might, you know, people might actually hear it and go, I think you got some real good ideas, John. 
You're right. This Roman occupation thing is wild. Tell me all about the sins of the world. Tell me all about how wrong things are. Tell me about the, the fire that's to come for all those enemies of God. Yes, give it here. I'd love it. I love it. I agree, in fact. Turn, change your ways for sure. And John would go, great. I'm glad you think that. What about you, though? What warned you that you needed to come down here and hear this? And that person might say, well, truth be told, John, I'm Jewish already, so you don't need to convert me, bud. I'm on the team. I get it. I'm with you. I'm on your side. I see how bad things have gotten. I mean, I get it. These people, right? And he goes, sure, sure, sure. But what about you? And they go, well, sure, I'm sure we all need transformation, but not as some of us more than others, right, John? Right? You know, we, we're here, man. We're with you. And he's like, sure, sure, sure. However, I'm going to challenge that. Don't tell me you're a child of Abraham, a descendant, a faithful churchgoer. I'm going to ask you, what brought you down here? Because God could raise up children of Abraham from stones. Why do you think you were compelled to come down to this river? Harder question. Do you think you need to repent? Do you think you need to be turned? The axe is in hand. There's going to be pruning and chopping. All those things that don't bear good fruit, they're going. They're not going to last. What brought you down here honestly? A great question we might ask ourselves on why we gather here on sacred Sundays. What brings you here? I don't know. With, with Christmas Eve coming up, we're going to be full of folks, people who are seeking a meaningful connection with this season of Emmanuel of God with us. But today, we're here. It's not even Christmas Eve and y'all are here. Some of you might have been here last week. Some of you might come here the week after Christmas, and weeks after that, you might show up when things are downright uneventful around here. Why? I would ask, are you here to observe? To see what the loud preacher's going to do today? Or are you here for transformation? To be changed? Do you want to be a part of something that means to change your heart, your very sense of self? Do you come here because you feel like the whole world's going to hell in a handbasket and you just like to surround yourself at times with a message of hope? Maybe. Maybe it's because you find like-minded people here. Perhaps you take comfort in our traditional observations. We light candles, we sing songs you know. Some of them are songs you sang when you were a kid. Is it perhaps that because you found people here who you know will understand what you mean when you're just boiling inside as a crit critic of culture? Is, are you coming here because there's a social group you can find here, perhaps of political allies and people who are likely to agree with you on any number of issues we face day to day? Or is it to be changed, transformed? Is it to repent? Is it to turn from your own ways and seek a way of peace, a way that can be described in our text as gentle even? I'll say as John the Baptist would have said, coming here to observe was never the intention of putting something like this together, the church. 
It was to invite you into a new way of life daily. In fact, if we got real honest with it, and uh, we don't like to say it a lot, it's to die daily to ourselves, to our selfishness. It's to take up a cross daily. Ask ourselves what kind of fruit we want to produce and literally ask God if we're being real frank, your kingdom come. Hey, God, get the winnowing fork. We're all going into the fire because it's a refiner's fire going to burn away that chaff just so you know the wheat and chaff as if it's two different things that's a tough one to there's no such thing as wheat without chaff we all got it lord burn that away so i might be a clear reflection of your hope your love fruits of your spirit ask yourself what brings you here i hope it's not just to observe I hope we're asking, God, help me be a peacemaker. And by peacemaker, I don't mean one who keeps peace. I mean the type of person who's brave enough to enter into conflict and be an arbitrator amongst people and work towards understanding, love. If you're hearing this and feel like, well, sure, obviously I'm that side. He's definitely hinting I should be here to be transformed. Fine, I'm on that team. Same as the crowds who came to see John. They came to see a wild man, but by the end they got baptized because they're going... Okay, you've got me, John. What do I need to do? Great question, because he just flat out answers it. If you got two coats you need to give to someone who doesn't have one, you got food to share, you got to share it, folks. If you're in a position of power, you're not to ask yourself what you can get away with with all that power. It's a question of what you should do with it. Don't ask what's legal. Ask what's right, what is good. Don't point out the sins of others to justify our own sins. Ask instead what is good what is right those bracelets were kind of tacky for a while what would jesus do but it is a good question don't take advantage of your ability to overpower and intimidate he says ask yourself what would be the right thing to do with power and authority it's not to overpower them it's to lift them up obvious right this is not rocket science we all get that would be the right thing to do but he's asking what brings you here i.e., what kind of deals have you made with your conscience? And ask yourself, how much effort and stock do you put into your fears that conveniently allow you to oppose helping people in need? And ask yourself, what is guiding your opinion on how to best respond to, I mean every day, a litany of humanitarian crises dealing with vulnerable people throughout the world? whether it be a migrant caravan, a war in Yemen, poverty in our own city, I would ask, are my actions motivated by the teachings of Jesus of Nazareth? Or something more practical, perhaps something that better assuages my fears. Ask what's right. Who is Jesus? Who is his Prince of Peace? A helpful tool for that is to consider what John said. Don't take more than you should. Don't intimidate and overpower people and give to people who need. For those of us who gather at this table, at this time, in this place to hear a word of God, if you're here and you hear these challenges as challenges for someone else, it's for us who gather here. It's for the sake of the kingdom. For the sake of the world, it's for me. It's for you. Thank God that whether we get that or not, Jesus is still coming. 
one more powerful than John, and he's going to bring good news to all the earth. That means y'all. That means y'all outside. Everybody, it's great. Every day inviting us to this table. Every day inviting us to this river to be born anew in what? In the abiding love of Jesus Christ. Every day. That's good news. That's why we light a joy candle. Because that's what's coming down on Christmas. That's what arrives. That's what we hope for with joyful expectation. Rejoice because this new way is way better than ours. We can't always see it, but I think we know. I think deep down we know it's true. That's why we're here. Because we know it's true. And we need to hear it again and again and hopefully be transformed by the reality, the truth, the way, and the light that love will win. Love always wins. That's why in the global south, the church is on the move and growing because it's good news for those who live in captivity and in bondage, who are enslaved by the sins of a world that seeks to control one another and organize it to serve selfish needs. It's why the church looks so different in every age. It's that we're being told we're not done yet. We have not reached its zenith. The kingdom is coming. You can see it in little bits. But the truth is, we still need transformation because the truth is, mercy has more room to grow. We can be more peaceful. Believe it or not, we can be even less selfish. We can be better defined as a people of sacrifice, honesty, generosity, humility, peacemakers. And I'll say it again because it needs said twice. Mercy, folks. Grace. That'll come to a shock, come to the shock of a whole world that sometimes believes that might makes right and that if we could only punish enough people, they'll come around to our way of operations. But thank God it's still true. What John the Baptist said is still true. It's coming. It's coming. Love will win, as crazy as it sounds, but if you needed any more proof of how surprising God works, we only need to see in this season, God showed up in a manger, in a trough, a normal child of poor, young, teenage parents. If you need even further proof, look up there. That was a symbol of torture and shame before Jesus showed up. Now it's a symbol of victory. Now it's a symbol of life. The empty tomb that even death has been defeated. And for that, I say, be joyful. We have so far to go, and it looks very beautiful. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Please browse our website for other opportunities to grow in faith or serve the Lord. If you are able to worship with us at any time, we would be most honored by your presence.